Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Samantha Monk. Um, she's the uh, director of AI and what's called Outside Insight at Meltwater. So we're going to be talking about uh, her work there. So Samantha, how are you doing today? Yeah, no, very well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. All right, so tell me about Meltwater. What's the uh, premise of the company? What do you guys do there? Sure. So Meltwater traditionally is a online uh, media monitoring company. And so for the last 15 years or so, we've built a had a $200 million business based around monitoring news uh, websites and also social media for companies. And so we have about 28,000 clients all over the world, and each one receives from us every day a report with interesting news articles and social posts uh, about themselves, uh, about their competitors, um, their industry, you know, any relevant regulation, maybe information about their clients or their suppliers and so on. Um, and then we also have an analytics dashboard that helps primarily people who are in sort of marketing and PR um, analyze their share of voice against competitors and and make sure that they're out there in the news as best as possible. Um, however, this this year we're beginning to change direction somewhat. Um, we're still that part of the business is still, of course, very important to us. But um, what I'm responsible for launching uh, in the UK and also around EMEA is a new product category, which is called Outside Inside. Um, and the idea behind that is that we've amassed this enormous data set um, over the last 15 years or so, working with, with all of these clients all over the world for their news monitoring. Um, and what we're trying to, to work on is how we can use that data for other purposes beyond your traditional uh, marketing slash PR use case. Um, we've made a, a lot of acquisitions within the last few years um, in AI. And um, as a result, we have a really amazing data science and engineering team who's able to go through enormous data sets uh, and use machine learning to spot trends and uh, to identify uh, possible signals for companies. And so we're looking at taking our, our news archive and our social media archive, also adding in some other data sets, like, for example, job postings information, um, Google AdWords data, possibly patent uh, filing, maybe earnings calls, transcripts, anything else that's um, potentially interesting for us to go through and, and see what we can figure out uh, for companies about. What, what are companies saying they're getting, what, what kind of insights do they get from the data you already have? What do they yeah, tell so you people, or what kind of case studies do you have? Yeah, um, there are lots of interesting ways that you can use news articles uh, and social media. Um, your, your sort of normal... Um, PR use cases to be able to see, okay, what are people saying about my company? How does my reputation uh, compare uh, regionally? How does it compare against my competitors and so on? Um, but then there are all sorts of other interesting things we can find out from the news. Uh, for example, if you, um, if you want to see, uh, perhaps you want to track your clients and have a clear understanding of which of your clients um, are, are growing um, based on some of the news articles that have been uh, out there recently for them, um, perhaps which of your suppliers are 
potentially facing difficulties, um, as indicated by articles that are out there about, you know, possible bankruptcies or, or other issues. Um, yeah, but you can tell all sorts of things from looking through the news. And it's just a matter of doing it systematically and, and intelligently to pick out articles that are that are really valuable. Well, what do clients get? They just get like links to different articles, or does do you have a system that goes into the articles and does like uh, natural language processing and pulls out yeah, keywords? Exactly. Or, yeah, so um, they can they get a daily report with uh, links to interesting articles, and then we also have a, a natural language processing system that can uh, automatically detect sentiment, um, or to, for example, pull out trending themes. So maybe you know maybe a company wants to look at all information, maybe every article that's been published in America about blockchain within the last uh, one month. And they want to take that group of articles and then run a, a, a trending themes analysis to see what are the key words that are coming up most often in those articles in order to get a sense of what's trending. Um, or, or where is it that, you know, sentiment is particularly positive around blockchain and where do people potentially have concerns? Um, all sorts of ways we can go into the data and analyze it more closely. Well, I'm sure you've looked at a lot of these reports. So, I mean, what are some things that jump out at you? What are things, some things you discovered that surprised you or you thought were useful or interesting? Um, well, so there's yeah, all sorts of things that are interesting. One, one project we've been working on um, this year that I thought was fascinating has to do with cryptocurrencies and the relationship between news and social media sentiment and cryptocurrency pricing. Because um, obviously cryptocurrency uh, hype is, is a major factor in, in cryptocurrency pricing. And what we can actually do is figure out, we, we have a little model that we built, which um, we we're quite proud of because it works really well, where we could uh, measure the sentiment of um, news and social media around specific cryptocurrencies, um, specifically in outlets that we knew were influential to investors um, or through social media influencers who we knew um, were, were quite important in the industry. And then we could take uh, a measure of their sentiment around this, um, around each currency, and then also the velocity of that sentiment. So um, was it picking up momentum or was it potentially beginning to, uh, beginning to lose interest? And then we mapped that out against pricing and we were actually able to calculate um, a 12-hour uh, forecast, which only had a 4% margin of error um, to be able to see where the price was going to go based on the and the amount of hype that was out there around the cryptocurrency. Hmm. So I thought that was super cool. So it was a leading indicator or was it co-current or a lagging indicator, the sentiment and the pricing? Well, it would be a leading indicator because it, um, we were able to see where the currency might go based on the general uh, sentiment around um, the particular currency, both in the news and on social media. Oh, wow. How, how often uh, did it correlate? Was it really strong or, or just... It was actually really strong. Some... Yeah, it was really good. Um, we're going to release it soon. We haven't um, made it public yet, uh, but it's, uh, it should... Well, uh, our plan is to release it, um, hopefully in the next few months. You can never be sure about these things. But um, if you keep an right. eye out, uh, the, the product's called Vanir, which is V-A-N-I-R, and we're hoping to just have it out there as sort of a freemium site soon um, so that investors can take a look. It's more... It's more of a, um, the site that we designed is just to kind of check out and, and just see this really interesting correlation between news and media sentiment and, and pricing. It hasn't really been fully designed for investors yet, but uh, I think it's something that has a lot of potential that we might uh, continue to work more closely on.
We should we should monitor the news and look for keywords to see when it's going to be released. Yeah, we should monitor the news. Yeah, we should use our AI. Yeah. No, but I think that's something what? where if we had a if we had a, a bank or you know an investor client that wanted to partner with us and we could really build it out properly, I think it could have enormous potential. It's quite exciting. Okay. Um, so what, what's the new? Uh, you have these reports. Uh, any particular industries that uh, get them more than others? Um, so the the reports that we you mean are sort of traditional sort of core business. Um, we actually work across all industries because every company really has a need for information about themselves in the industry. So um, we work from anything from small charities up to um, you know Apple, Microsoft, all your big names. Um, you know, Twenty eight thousand clients is a lot, so it covers uh, covers quite a few different industries. But then going forward into the the kind of new um, Division that we're that we're building uh, for this more on these non-traditional use cases. Um, where I found the most interest so far is actually in banking and in the financial sector, because what I found is that um, a lot of uh, investment funds have a real need to be able to figure out uh, from the SME clients, particularly that are in their portfolio, which ones are most likely to to grow or to potentially out of business when it comes to deciding whether to give them financing or whether to give them you know extra sort of banking services and so on and so what what I'm doing at the moment is working with quite a few funds to see if we can build a model that actually helps predict where an SME company is likely to go based on some of the, the news articles that are out there on them um, or some of the stuff that's been published in social media on them um, or even looking through things like uh, job posting data to see, you know, are they hiring, are they hiring, etc. So that's uh, an area that I'm particularly interested in exploring. Where, where do you, what do you see the role of uh, of AI being? I mean, it, it sounds like it's going to be in all your products, but um, any advances yeah. coming in AI or different models that's going to allow you to do, you know, products in the next few years that you haven't been able to yet? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there are there are three things that are going on that are particularly interesting at the moment and, and make this quite an exciting space to be in. One is that, you know, computing power is so much greater than it used to be and, and it just continues to grow exponentially. And the other is that AI is is also advancing at an enormous rate. And finally, the amount of sheer data that's out there about companies that they're leaving behind on the internet about themselves is only growing. And so you really, that's, you sort of need those three things all together to be immensely powerful. You know, if you have some really, really good, smart AI and then some excellent data uh, and then some really, um, yeah, strong computing power behind it, then there's an awful lot that you can uh, begin to figure out about companies uh, based on just publicly available information that they left behind online. What about public companies? Do you ever look at, um, you know, their earnings reports or things like that? Do you oh, get definitely. that deep into it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's always really interesting. Um, earnings calls are really good, too. So you can see... Um, what a CEO or a CFO is telling their investors. And then you, you line that up against other data. So you see, for example, you know, maybe you have a, a, a CFO who says that they really consider themselves to be a leader in you know, the internet of things. And then you actually look through their customer um, reviews that are, that are being left behind online. And you see that only 5% of customers actually relate this company to IoT. And so you can see that the CFO is obviously completely off when it comes to understanding of customer base. Um, all sorts of things that you can figure out by looking at uh, earnings calls and, and earnings information as well. When you said earnings calls, um, do you, I guess, do you have the call transcribed and then do your NLP on it? 
you analyze it. Yeah, exactly. So you can do like a, a text analysis on the um, on the transcription of the earnings call, and then you can you, know, you can run sentiment against it and see you know what are then yeah t- take a bunch of earnings calls and see in general are CFOs particularly positive about you know 4G for example, or are people beginning to be a bit more wary about using personal customer data uh, following Cambridge Analytica and so on. Um, yeah, you can you can do quite a lot by taking a group of earnings calls and then running some NLP against it and seeing what, what trends you spot. So how does the model work? Um, this is more for, I guess, companies in certain industries. They'll, they'll subscribe to your system and then they'll, they'll set up the criteria and pull reports every so often, or do they... They get them pushed to them, or you know, how does that the mechanics yeah, of the system? It's really up to the, the clients and, and what's best for them. Um, what we like to do is, firstly, to run a pilot with a company to see what kind of signals uh, we can identify for them with external data, and then assuming that we're able to pick up on some uh, interesting signals, then we can um, either you know push those signals into an app uh, where they can receive notifications whenever something interesting has come up in external data that can impact their business. Um, we can work through APIs if they have a dashboard already, um, or if it's easier for them to digest a monthly or, or weekly report, then, then we work that way as well. I mean, do most industries have enough data to make it worthwhile? And how often um, is it, how often are you found it to be useful to pull a report? I mean, obviously the, the company has to work in an industry that has a fair sort of digital footprint. So if you were just uh, a mum and mum and papa donut shop around the corner, then maybe it wouldn't be the best thing for you. But um, right. as long as you're, you know, a company with, uh, you know, that's working within an industry that that has a you know, decent amount of online information, it should be fine. I mean, I suppose there are some industries, perhaps perhaps manufacturing, sometimes uh, industrial uh, industries where there's there's less stuff out there. But you'd be surprised. I mean, everyone at this point who's a decent sized company has a website and, and you know they're putting out job postings we need to hire employees and you know you've probably got at least a minimal marketing strategy which means that they're putting things all over the internet about themselves so we can normally dig up things on on most companies um yeah but there are obviously some industries that are that make it very easy for us and then other ones where we have to do a bit more digging yeah you know, okay so you also made some job postings that's interesting that gives me a better idea earnings calls uh all that. Any other types of um, postings you found to be like super interesting out of the mm. mix of potential postings out there? Yeah. Um, yeah. As you say, job postings are cool. Um, I'll just one interesting way that you can use that before I mention a few other ones. Um, uh, for example, I don't know if you um, have read recently about Sonos um, having a recent IPO that has gone on you know, to make loads of money for people. <laughs> um, we actually could tell that Sonos was thinking about having an IPO. Um, a few months ago, because what we noticed was that they were hiring a lot of people with IPO experience. Because it was actually quite obvious if you looked at the kind of jobs that they were posting, that they wanted people who had yeah, previously you know, worked worked in IPO and had all the skills that were necessary for a successful IPO. And so, um, yeah, you can, you can often tell about what a company is about to do based on the kind of skills that they're asking for um, in their new employees. So I, think, I think job postings are fascinating. Um, I think other other types of data that are worth looking at. One is um, patent information. So if you can see what kind of patents a company is um, putting out there, or other um, what kind of uh, technology that they want to secure through patents, then you can also see again what they're planning to do. Um, you know, if they 
we often see that Facebook is patenting all sorts of interesting technologies, some of which are more controversial than others. Uh, but it gives you a sense of what they're thinking. Um, and then, of course, I think reviews. Yeah, I think reviews are very interesting to see you know, client satisfaction and what a customers, what specifically do customers like about the services that they're working with, what the products that they're using, what they dislike. Um, mobile app data is interesting, um, especially in the banking sector. You can see how likely people are to swap banks based on how uh, how negative they are about their, their experience using the app, especially here in the UK, where recently we've had a lot of uh, open banking regulations. A lot of fintech companies are now launching new uh, banking apps, so it's very easy for people to swap in between them. So you can actually predict some of that just by looking to see how happy users are using the various apps. Um, what about um, internal uh, data? What if a company says, hey, we love this, can we use this on our internal processes and you know internal phone calls or app use or whatever it is and analyze what our customers are doing and thinking and how our associates hmm. are talking to customers? Is there anything, any yeah. product you do that's like that? Well, so, so we specialize in external data. That's what we're passionate about. Um, but I think that some of the best ways to interpret external data is to then overlay it with internal data. And so that's where I think having an API is helpful. If you have Tableau or another kind of dashboard where you can merge data sets, then you can overlay. For example, perhaps you see that customers are really quite negative online about a particular feature in your product, and then you line that up with your sales data and you see, unsurprisingly, that that product's now not, not, not selling particularly well. <laughs> um, right. Or, or you can, yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely um, sort of the next step once you've accumulated the, the relevant external data, then to compare it with your internal data and just see if you can then start seeing some cause and effect, which you can hopefully anticipate better next time because you have uh, leading indicators that you've come across much earlier um, using external data. How easy is it to, uh, you know, to digest the reports you put out? Do you have to have a, a you know a specialist for your company interpret it for people or can they oh, just no. figure it out on their own? Or? Yeah, we make it very straightforward. <laughs> I mean it's not um <coughs> if it, if someone wants something quite complex then we can you know we can always add a bit of context to what we're doing to make it um clearer. But um yeah it's it's normally just some quite intuitive looking graphs and then a, a brief description of what's going on. Um that's I mean we know mostly we work with executives, you see people who don't have a huge amount of time on their hands, so we know that it has to be quite powerful and intuitive, or else uh, all of our work won't uh, won't be read properly. <laughs> so we have to make sure it's easy to digest. Okay, well, very good. Do, do you have um, any sample reports that that are publicly available that people can look at, or it's only when you when you join? I don't know if you have any samples. Yeah, there. so <laughs> we have a, a website called outsideinsight.com, um, and it's actually designed as a, a way of educating business leaders on how they can make better use of data. And it's basically loads of case studies and interesting examples of um, companies successfully either predicting things or, or being ahead of the game by, by tapping into the right kind of data. Um, and on that website, so you can sign up for the newsletter and you get an interesting sort of summary of use cases and uh, interesting stories every week. And then also on, on that website, you can see some example reports and some information about one of our apps as well. Um, but a lot of what we're doing is sort of working on a custom basis. So um, you can see a couple of ideas there, but really it's probably best to chat with us and we can figure out uh, the best way to 
send the data to you in the way that's going to be as easy as possible to digest. Okay. The best way to get in touch is, I guess, one is to go to meltwater.com. Um, any other ways to get in touch for listeners? Yeah. Or, or actually, for, for what we've been talking about here, um, so meltwater.com is really designed for our, our sort of flagship product, which is um, basically PR and marketing software, um, which, yeah, definitely check out, I think, if, if you're interested in that. Um, if you're more interested in, in the, the sort of AI side of things and crunching loads of different types of data um, as sort of predictive uh, indicators, then that I would instead go to outsideinsight.com, which is focused primarily on that. Um, and you can see there's a so it's, um, contact. It's outside insight or outside insight? Um, singular, yes, outsideinsight.com. Okay, that's sort of make sure. And you'll see it. me also. I'm on LinkedIn, if that's a good way to connect. I'm also on Twitter, Smartbank. <laughs> um, okay. Or else, uh, yeah, so you'll see that there's contact information there as well on the website. All right, well, that's great. Well, Samantha, I really appreciate you coming, and it's uh, been outwardly insightful and inwardly insightful to talk to you. So, yeah. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. <laughs> you have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.